Well, good morning, everybody. It is uh, so good to be here in the presence of the Lord this morning. It's good to be here with you, and uh, so glad to have all of our uh, visitors or guests or whatever you want to be called, but uh, I really uh, don't try to put any labels on people. Uh, I'm just glad you're here. Uh, uh, If you're in the body of Christ, I mean, you're my brother and my sister, so I'm just glad to see you. Um, Praise the Lord. Uh, Y'all, man, this is one of those sermons today when I just don't really know how this is going to go. I don't mean to instill any sort of uh, uh, lack of uh, confidence in me or anything, but... um, I was preparing last night, and uh, man, I tell you what, the the Holy Spirit just fell in this place, and uh, and then I come over this morning, and it's like, man, I don't know, this seems a little different now. Something's a little, I got to kind of adjust my sermon a little bit. So, um, the, the the great thing about this is like, you just trust the Lord; he he's got it. It's not about anything I've thought of or, or prepared for. So, uh, uh, I'm always excited to see what He's going to do, just like y'all are. Uh, it's like I'm along for the ride sometimes, you know what I mean? Uh, where are we going? Okay, anyway, all that being said, um, I'm so glad to be here this morning, and uh, let's just go to the Lord in prayer and uh, invite His presence in right now. Father, we just come to You, Lord. Oh, Lord, You are so great. God, Your Your presence is just so good. I just love to be in Your presence, and I love, especially love to be in your presence with my fellow believers, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, it's just an awesome time. Thank you, God, for your great love that you have shown toward us, your just abundant mercy and grace that comes toward us, God, when we just do not deserve any of it. But you, you show us love anyway. Lord, we are so blessed to be called your children. What manner of love is this that we should be called the children of God? I don't understand it, but God, I know it's real. And I thank you for it. So, Lord, right now as I uh, get ready to to preach this sermon that you've given me, Lord, uh, I just I ask that you would come and intervene. Lord, take anything in my mind that's not of you out. Strip me of anything, Lord, that is not... Uh, what you'd have me to be thinking or saying. And Lord, just come and fill me full of your Holy Spirit right now. Anoint me to speak. And uh, Lord, I ask that you touch the hearts, minds, and ears of everyone that is here right now. That Lord, as, as I speak the words you've given me, that you would just uh, anoint them to be able to hear what it is you want to say to them, Lord. Father, if there's anyone here today that's got a, a barrier or any kind of hindrance or uh, uh, a terrible foundation that they're building on, whatever it may be, God, I ask that today would be the day that they're just shaking. Lord, that you would begin a new work in them, that you would stir them up, Lord, to good works, that, that the power of the Holy Spirit would rest upon them, Father, that they would leave this place today knowing that this is not just another day, but that God has done a work in me. Father, I just thank you and praise you for the victory we have in Jesus Christ. And I ask that you come and have your way today in the rest of the service. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, we'll be reading in, ver- in verse 17. Uh, man, I've got uh, about four different passages of Scripture today. 
Uh, we'll see which ones we actually read, but um, I know we're going to start here. And what I want to talk to you about today um, is, is really in reference to a battle, but um, uh, this is not a physical battle, it's a spiritual battle. But you're going to see several things today that, um, you know, in the way it's given to us in the Word of God, it is referring to a physical battle, but I want you to see the connection of it to the spiritual today in your own life. And so um, what I titled this message is Blessed in Battle. And what I want you to see in that is that even though we fight, even though we struggle, even though we go through hard times, the blessings of the Lord are still upon us. And uh, man, that is an awesome thing when you get in the thick of it, if you know what I'm talking about. So in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 40, we're going to start reading. And uh, this is about the fight between David and Goliath. Um, and so where we're going to pick up at is the point at which David begins to arm himself. Verse 40 says, Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel." Then all his assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Praise the Lord. If that doesn't get you fired up, you got an issue that we need to address, maybe in private counsel. I'm here to tell you today that uh, just like David said, is that the, the battle is not fought with spears and with javelins and all that sort of thing, but the battle is the Lord's. And I want to just remind you today, guys, that's all I came here to do is to remind you of something. I want to remind you that the battle you're going through is the Lord's battle. The battle you're going through is not your battle. You may be involved in it, but you're not the one that's going to complete it. You're not the one that's going to finish it. You may have to be involved. God will take you and use you, and you will become an instrument in His hands from time to time. But we need to really understand and get it in our spirit that that is not my battle. The enemy comes against me, just like Goliath came against David. But you understand, David said, this ain't my battle, this is the Lord's battle. I'm just here to do what He's called me to do. Man, huh? 
Come on, y'all. That ought to get you a little stirred up this morning. You ought to hear what I'm saying today and it ought to resonate within you because if you've ever been in the middle of a battle, you need to remember it ain't mine. The awesome thing about that, in case you're not picking up on it, is it's not my responsibility to win it. It doesn't rest upon me. What a relief. <laughs> if y'all have ever had a job to do at work and, and you're stressing over it and you show up and somebody says, oh, you already took care of that. Whew. What a relief, right? And that ought to be what, what you're seeing today is when you are reminded that the battle is the Lord's. He is the one that's going to fight it. He is the one that's going to deliver you. He is the one that's going to bring about the change that is necessary for the battle to swing in your favor. It ain't your problem. You just have to be obedient. Mm. That's good stuff. I'll preach myself happy on this, y'all. Come on. Wow. The Lord will deliver you into my hand. See, here's what I want you to do today. I want you to personalize this. I want you to, just like David said these things to Goliath, I want you to say this to your enemy, the, the, the devil of this world, the Satan that comes against us. He sends his minions after you. He sends them to deter you. He sends them to, to just wreak havoc in your life. And I want you to begin to speak to him and those little minions of his like David spoke to Goliath today. And we need to take a step back for a minute. You better not do that on your own. David didn't say, well, God has uh, enabled me and I'm coming to you in, the, in my power. Mm -mm. He was quick to give reverence to God. He was quick to make mention that the battle is the Lord's. He was quick to make mention, you have defied the God of Israel, not just Israel. And so as we enter into battle, we've got to be sure we are giving credit where credit is due. This is not my battle. And so Satan, as you try to come against me, you are coming against God. You're not coming against me. You're coming against Him. I'm about His work. I'm being obedient to Him. I'm trying to serve Him. You're coming against Him, not me. And man, here's the awesome thing, y'all. That battle has been won for centuries. Praise the Lord. The victory has already been won. It is already given into our hands, just like it was a sure thing for David when he stepped out on that battlefield. He said, it's a done deal, y'all. Oh man, I look back at some of the things he said there. And if you take another step back, oh, you look at what he said to his brothers and the other soldiers around there. He heard that Philistine step out and start to curse his God, and, and he just it just didn't sit right with him. He, oh no, oh no. Well, is there not a cause? You see, they got all, all upset at David because here's this little punk kid that wants to come and, and make a trouble in the middle of our battle. We know what we're doing. And David said, what, what is wrong with y'all? Don't y'all hear what he's saying? Don't you remember who you are? And man, that is our problem today, church. We forget who we are. We forget who we are in Christ. Oh, we are His children. We are the heirs of the kingdom. We are His chosen priesthood. We are to be above only and not beneath. And that is over in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Oh man, 
Mm. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God. We got to remember who we are, y'all. Now, there's two parts to that, remembering who we are. Yeah, you need to remember and have some boldness to stand in the face of the enemy and say, I am the child of God that you are facing. This isn't just me, you're facing God. But, y'all, there is a part there that says, in verse 1 of Deuteronomy 28, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. And then in verse 13, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God. We cannot leave that part out. If we're going to walk into a battle expecting God to fight, we better, number one, make sure this is a battle God put us in. Number two, we need to make sure we are living the way we ought to be living. Otherwise, we are opening ourselves up for attack. We are becoming susceptible to the attack of the enemy. If we are allowing the armor of God to fall off of us and we just blindly walk out there and say, all right, I'm going to fight. Guess what? Those little chinks in the armor that have developed are going to become the place that the enemy attacks. And his attacks are fruitful. Man, though, David had boldness. Why did he have so much boldness? He knew who he was. He knew who God was, more importantly. He knew whose side God was on. <laughs> Man, that's, a, that's an important one right there. Y'all, if you're, if you're not on the side God's on, you're on the wrong side. Right? I mean, that, it, He doesn't just get on your side. Okay? And man, this is the day and age we live in today. People want everybody to kind of come their direction. They want people to have their mindset and go the way they want to go. And y'all, that don't work with God. God will go the way you want to go when you want what He wants. We're talking about God here. The God of all creation. The King of heaven and earth. Uh, this is the, the guy that spoke in heaven and planets and solar systems just came into existence. This is the, the God. The God. So He ain't just going to do what you want to do. So we've got to bring our lives into submission to Him and under His authority, under His, and be obedient to what His rule and His will are. And this is a part that a lot of people miss out uh, before they go into the battle is actually making Jesus Lord of your life, not just saying some little prayer. Not just saying some little prayer and, and following after what some preacher told you to do and you, you think from now on, I'm good, I, I'm golden. Uh, hold on. There's something that's got to be addressed there. You see, Jesus must be Lord. Over in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. So, man, that's the first criteria right there. What does it mean for Him to be Lord? It means He rules. It means your life falls into subjection to Him. He is the one that dictates what goes on in your life, not however you want to live, right? So if we're going to go into battle, we better make sure the general is on the throne. The king is on the throne. The one that runs this thing is the one that's ruling it. David didn't just step out on his own and decide, I'm going to go fight me a giant today. 
Because that is foolhardy at best. I mean, if you just compare the physical size here, it, it's, it's ridiculous. But David said, no, I know who I am. And I know who He is. I know who I am in Him. And because of that, I will not stand here and allow this Philistine to insult my God and my nation that God has called. And y'all, we've got to have that same sort of uh, righteous indignation that wells up within us when there is an assault on the throne of God. When there is someone that comes against the very name of Jesus Christ, there ought to be something that wells up within us and says, No, not today. Not today. I am a child of the Most High King and I am willing to stand in obedience to my Lord and my Master and fight this battle right now. Because the battle is not mine, it's His. God is just looking for people to stand up today. He's just looking for it. He's waiting on us, His children, to stand. Take a stand on His promise, on His Word, to let that foundation that He has given us in His Word become the thing that is sure under our feet. And we stand on that and take that stand and say, I'm not backing down. Because I know what is true. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. I'm going to read 31 and 37. and Not all the in between. Y'all read that later on because it's really good stuff. <clears throat> what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Man, I want you to just kind of let that one sink in for a minute because we will blow past that thing because we know what it means. We've, we've heard it before. It becomes cliche. It becomes just one of them passages that you've memorized. And, and when we, we lose sight of the power of the knowledge that is in that passage right there. If God is for us, first of all, if, we better make sure, like I said, that He is for us. And we know He is for us when we are on His side. Right? So if God is for us, just like He was for David that day, just like He was for Israel that day, I want you all to know it didn't have to be David that that was going to stand up. It could have been any one of them other knuckleheads if they would have just got their heart right with God and said, no, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to fight. He could have done the same thing with any one of them. If God is for you, and let's just put this in Kevinese, East Texas terms, whatever you want to call it. Uh, if God's for you, there ain't nobody else that can stand against you. It's not going to help them. It, it, it does not go in their favor to stand against God. Not you, God. When they stand against God, they are fighting a fight that cannot be won. Do you understand that today, church? Do you understand that, children of God? They are fighting a fight that cannot be won when they stand against the living God. Man, we have got to get that in our spirit today, church. Do not leave this place today without the knowledge of who He is and His power. I guarantee you there's some of you sitting here today that's going through battles and struggles. You need to know if He's for you, nobody's going to stand against you. And then in verse 37, it says, Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. 
man, I have struggled with that verse for years, y'all. I'm just, what is God trying to say there? And man, it's one of them. It's like, okay, it sounds good, but really, we're more than conquerors. What does that mean? Because conqueror sounds pretty good. And I, I, man, I begin to think about that one day and just kind of, Lord, what are, what are you trying to get across right there? And, you know, I, I just kind of thought about it. Let the Holy Spirit kind of speak to me. And I read commentaries and all kinds of things and just trying to dig into that. And I thought about uh, these armies that would go and conquer something. The, the prize for them, the victory is measured in that they conquered something. And that's it. And after you've kind of conquered something a few times, it starts to kind of lose its pizzazz. It starts to kind of lose a little zing, doesn't it? Because here we are just conquering something again. And think, keep in mind, we're talking about like an army that's going. They conquer a city. They conquer an area, whatever. This becomes now ours. And it just becomes the same old thing over and over again. And eventually, you, you, it's one of those things where you kind of look back on your life and say, what was that all for? What was the point behind it? Okay, so we've conquered this huge area. We, we have now gained and amassed this wealth because of what we've conquered. And to what end? You see, that's not what we're about. This isn't just about winning a battle. This isn't just about conquering yet one more thing in our life, another spiritual area. Okay, we conquered that. Okay, we can check that one off the list. That's not what it's about. He says we are more than conquerors. Yes, there are battles won in our life. Yes, there are areas we're taking back. And y'all, I'm a firm believer in, in standing on the Word of God and claiming this for the kingdom of God. I, I have even done that for people. I want to see them saved. I claim them for the kingdom of God. This is a war that's going on right here. And y'all, that's not just words. I back that up with a prayer battle then. <laughs> I'm going to come to the throne of grace beseeching my God for help in a time of need because I want to see this person saved. But it's more than just conquering. You see, it's not really even about the battle. It's about the reward on the other side of it. It's about what we're going to see come out of this thing. And so that's what God began to show me. Kevin, the the conquering is just a piece of it. You're made more than just a conqueror. You see, there were people back in this time, especially David's age, that were just known for being warriors. That was what they were known for. David had a whole crew of guys that were called mighty men of valor. And man, they were just known for how they Shama stood in a bean patch, defending this bean patch for the king, and killed hundreds and thousands of men by himself. These guys were awesome. But that's all they're known for. Is they're fighting. I'm not, I'm not trying to be known for my fight, y'all. It's not my fight. I'm trying to be known for lifting up the name of Jesus and, and seeing His kingdom grow and be glorified. I want Him to receive all the glory for it. And so we are made more than just conquerors. People don't look back at us and say, man, He really took that one on. 
But what they can see through us is the glory of God being revealed as we go through these different things in our life. We see, we can look at somebody and say, man, you see how they got through that struggle with such grace and such peace and mercy, how, how God was just evident in them. We're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. The final passage I want to share with you today. And I know it seems like we kind of went around and around here. But we're talking about being blessed in battle. You've got to fight. You've got to get up that spiritual uh, manliness, whatever the warrior spirit, whatever it is, and say, no, we're going to fight here. But there's more to it, guys. And sometimes if that's all you had was just a fight, a fight, and a fight, you get wore down. You get wore down, especially when you're operating partly in the flesh and letting the Holy Spirit come and do some here and there. And Man, you just get tired. And uh, sometimes we begin to see circumstances and not God's promises. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, and I really feel like today that this is one of those passages that uh, we probably need to just hold on to for a while. Carry it with you. If you're one of those that's kind of been in a battle, a struggle in your life, and you feel like the enemy just is constantly wearing on you, uh, hang on to this one. Verse 8 says, We are hard-pressed on every side. Y'all ever feel like that? Just, man, everywhere I turn, it feels like I'm just facing, a, facing an attack. I'm facing a wall. Uh, it says we're hard-pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. What, what does that sound like? It sounds like hope. And I'm just going to interrupt here for a brief illustration. Those of y'all that have ever watched Star Wars, <laughs> I could probably just stop right there and you already know what I'm talking about. I don't have to say anything else. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then shame on you for not watching Star Wars. <laughs> so the, the first Star Wars movie, not the first in the series, but the first one that ever came out, uh, the subtitle of it was A New Hope. And there's this one particular scene when they fall into this compactor and the walls start to move in. And it's just crushing everything, just crushing, crushing, crushing. And they finally are able to wedge up this big metal thing and stop the walls from moving briefly. And y'all, this is what I think of, and I know this is silly, this is a silly uh, nerd kind of thing, but I I am what I am, I can't help it. This is what I begin to think of. We're hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed yet. Huh? We're hard-pressed. Oh, listen, it's getting serious up in here. It's getting real. Somebody's going to have to start doing something. We can't stay here long because it's coming in on us. But we are not crushed. There is still hope. And so what those people did is they began to stop that wall with anything they could long enough they could get out. You're not crushed yet. You're still sitting here today sucking air. You're not crushed. We are perplexed but not in despair. Y'all, there's times I don't know what to do. (laughs) Y'all ever had those situations where, like, I know this is a trouble situation. There there is pain all around me. I don't know what to do, but I am not in despair. Why? Because I have a hope 
right? I have a hope in my God and my Savior, Jesus Christ. It is not a moment of despair, even though I don't understand what to do right now. Verse 9, persecuted. We don't understand persecution here in the U.S. There's people in this world today that know what persecution is. Now, if you want to break this down into something we might understand, um, people pick on you and make fun of you for being a Christian. People will pick on you and make fun of you for wanting to go against the grain, so to speak, and to do what's right. It don't even make sense to me how we've gotten so far away from right and wrong. But y'all, we may be persecuted. Even in that little simple example, there may be persecution going on today, but we are not forsaken. There's still hope. There's still hope, y'all. Struck down, even. (laughs) Struck down. Y'all ever been knocked down in a fight? I'm talking a real fight. You ever been knocked down? Yeah, I'm I'm ashamed to admit the number of times that I've had fights when I was in school. Uh, I was not a fighter, but I was quick to fight. That doesn't make sense, does it? What I'm trying to say is I really wasn't all that good at it. I just had a hot temper. I didn't know how to stay cool and and, uh, resist the temptations to want to punch somebody in the face. But I've been knocked down. Maybe spiritually today uh, you feel knocked down. Man, I've had those times when when I just like, Lord, I I want to serve you. I want to do what's right. I just feel like I'm beat down, like there is nothing going on in my communication with you. Like I don't feel the Holy Spirit moving. I don't feel any kind of relationship going on here. And I just have to hang on to what the Word says in those times. It says you might be struck down, but you are not destroyed. Huh? There's still hope, church. I don't care what your circumstances dictate to you. I don't care what a doctor says or what your boss at work says or what your checkbook says. There is still hope. When God is on your side, there is no one that can stand against you. Praise the Lord. There is so much goodness in His Word. We better know it. We better hang on to it. So I don't know about your battle today. Quite frankly, unless you want to bring me into it, it ain't none of my business. I don't know about your battle. I know how mine are. Day after day, got to fight. There's days I don't feel like fighting. There's days I give in when I shouldn't. There's days I'm like those other soldiers standing there with David that just, what are we going to do, man? You see that guy? I ain't going out there. What they, what they didn't know is if they just all would gang up together, he's just a guy. You ever watch ants take down a bigger insect? How do they do that? By getting together. By getting together. If they just recognize who they were, and who he is. And they had the same boldness David had and said, Man, I don't care what that guy looks like. My God's bigger than he is. It's his battle. It's not mine. God's going to take care of this how he wants to. Y'all, if we would just have that mindset, imagine how much peace we would have in our life. 
when that enemy rears his ugly head, you say, I don't care about you, man. Get back. Do you know who God is? See, I'm going to tell you, uh, the devil needs a good reminder of that every now and then. He gets a little cocky. He gets a little arrogant. And here's the thing. Man, I heard a guy preaching this this morning. There's going to come a day when we're going to see Satan and we're going to be like, that's, that's the guy that's been giving me all these heartaches all this time? That? That's the guy I was so intimidated by? That's the guy I was so afraid of? When you compare him to our God, oh, there, there is no comparison. You see, when, when Satan was in heaven, when Lucifer was in heaven in all his glory, he, he got a, a crazy notion one day that, that I'm going to be able to just usurp the, the throne from God. I'm going to take it over because I'm, I'm pretty good. I think I can handle this. He said, you know what, I might need a little bit of help. So I'm going to get about a third of the angels to follow me. <laughs> I'm going to go around and start sowing discord amongst all the ranks, and I'm going to get some people to follow me here. So I want you to hear the arrogance in this statement. I'm going somewhere with this, y'all. Hang on. I want you to hear the arrogance in this. Satan said, all I need is me and one-third of the angels, and we can take this thing. What? Y'all didn't catch what I said. Satan said it's me against God and one-third of these angels against two-thirds and we're good. Somebody needs to take Satan back to math class. Right? Because first of all, you've got two-thirds of the angels versus one-third. And second of all, you've got God of infinity against a creation. Foolishness. There's going to come a day, y'all, when we are able to see who our enemy is and what he's really made of. And I'm telling you today, a lot of y'all have elevated him too high. You, you've, you've put too much thought into who he is and how great he is. And what you need to do is shift your look, your eyes, over to the King of kings, Lord of lords, and say, Lord, there is no one like you. There is no comparison to your might, to your power. There's no one even on the map. No one even on the chart. They don't make a chart small enough to be able to calculate the difference from Satan to our God. And I want you to understand that. I want you to get it in your mind today before you leave here that in the heat of battle, God is the one in control. In the heat of battle, God is the one doing the fighting. And all you got to do is be obedient and keep fighting the fight. Y'all stand with me this morning. Brother John, if you would come and play. <clears throat> I want to give y'all just an opportunity this morning. Look, man, I don't know everything you're going through in your life, but come to these altars. There's a God that does. There is a, a Savior that knows everything about it. And He invites you to come before the throne of grace boldly. Boldly. Just like David stepped out on that battlefield boldly, we do that in the power of His name. So if you're struggling today, if you're fighting one of those battles, just come to these altars and lay it down and say, Lord, I want to just make sure I'm in complete subjection to You. I want You to be Lord of my life, and I want You to fight this fight for me.